0: Making it Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.
1: Welcome to Making it Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Liam Dale, seminarian with the Diocese of Des Moines, and on today's show we're visiting with Deacon Ron Myers of Sacred Heart Parish in West Des Moines. Deacon Myers and his wife Tammy are co-directors of the Diaconate Formation Programme. Today, we'll be talking to Deacon Ron about tomorrow's ordination of six new deacons for the Diocese of Des Moines. But before we get into today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind.
2: You know, July 15th, do they call it the Ides of July, like they call it the Ides of March? I don't know. <laughs> and we don't have to be aware of that because we're enjoying these golden days of summer as well, just as I enjoyed. Uh, being out with the good people of St. Patrick's Imogene last weekend. Two years delayed because of the pandemic, kind of celebration of the 150th plus, but the dedication of the Heritage Garden. So it was a a grand occasion. A lot of alums came back and uh, Leahy, the president, Jesuit president of Boston College was there. He's a native son of the parish. So it was really a a grand time. And uh, maybe, maybe there was a barley soda or two consumed. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, that that might've been part of it as well. But, uh, and then uh, kind of looking for Forward to many good things obviously the all-star game has passed and uh we move forward uh you know liam i don't know do you ever what you know your summer activities you know i know you're a camper you like to go camping you know you, do you ever head out on that great western uh trailhead and head out on the bike path at, down to coming or not see i stop at your old uh, <laughs> you know your old uh sweatshop the <laughs> chicken palace
1: <laughs> yeah no i i 'm not a biker in the slightest i know I know you um you kill it on the trails and i don 't know how you biked around Dubuque for so long, but living up there's is- Maybe admire your biking skills.
2: Um, well, you know, you get an electric bike. You know, that's how you handle <laughs> those, the bluffs. Are, that helps you. That I'm way. sure so, it will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, come on now. You're the youngest seminarian. You just turned 20, two <sighs> yeah. decades, you know, until we, until we have our new seminarians enter in the fall. And then you'll be one of the grizzled old veterans <laughs> and seniors in that regard. Uh, so we can uh, do that. But, uh, yeah, do you have any recommendations if I finally get to stop at uh, Orilla and get some chicken? Are there, are there options there? Or is it the same recipe for all all dishes,
1: surprisingly, their pizza was really good i that was that was the biggest thing uh I really liked their pizza when I worked there.
2: Oh, so you're kind of a craftsman of pizzas? do you have this um, I mean, you know you see, in case this uh <laughs> priesthood thing doesn't work out for you <laughs> i
1: I think that was the worst thing I was at making uh, I could make a mean burger for you there, but
2: okay. <sighs> Well.
1: Can never roll out the dough quite right.
2: I look forward to that. I look forward to that. So, well, uh, you know, we know this month it's kind of a landmark for Iowans. Uh, one of our native sons very proud of, Simon Estes, is having his last uh, major run with the Des Moines Opera, Porgy and Bess. A uh, chance to take that in. Uh, maybe broaden your cultural horizons a little bit, too, Liam. You know, get a little opera, you know, <laughs> a little classical music. But uh, that's a, a very much a, an American uh, piece that's uh, very br- brilliant and beautiful uh, to bring us forward in that story. Uh You know, we are concluding uh, the uh, period where we're grateful to Father Ralph O'Donnell of the uh, Omaha Archdiocese. He was part of the team that came to visit us and kind of look at our permanent diaconate program and give us some recommendations. I think uh, Des Moines Diocese has one of the longer standing uh, diaconate programs, and uh, Deacon Ron will tell us about that. Now, you know, that he's, you know, maybe he knows that history because he's lived it in a a very beautiful way. But uh, I think as we're going forward, looking for a new director of the diaconate and uh, someone, uh, if anyone. And can even aspire to succeed Deacon Ron and Tammy in their role that's been so long, but to continue to hopefully have the word out looking for men from diverse backgrounds, uh, hopefully those who can maybe even bring bilingual skills and uh, help us in that regard, um, you know, and to do that. And maybe even the leadership. So that's kind of a thinly veiled uh, uh, attempt to maybe bring people's attention to is the good God calling them to come to the Des Moines diocese. We may have candidates within, but we would welcome people from uh, the region uh, who might consider Uh, serving the Church of Des Moines. So we'd be very blessed if they would go forward with that. So uh, looking forward next week to the Divine Renovation Conference in in Dallas, Uh, Father James Mallon and his team, and we'll have a group of Des Moines pastors and others uh, taking part in that. So lots going on, and we don't just kind of kick back during the summer months.
1: We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll welcome Deacon Ron Myers to talk about tomorrow's ordination. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network.
0: Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Ally Colleen. I give myself five Sunday, July twenty-fourth at the Iowa Event Center Ballroom. I'm in between. Tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org Sponsored by Ball Team
2: St. Vincent de Paul helps so many people.
0: You're right, Zoe. St. Vincent de Paul Executive Director Steve Havman here. We are serving over 32,000 local residents with food, clothing, furniture, and financial assistance annually. We invite you to learn more about all of our life-changing programs that positively impact so many Iowans by simply Googling St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Our mission is to help those in need become self-sufficient through education, community connectedness, and unconditional support. Help us help others.
1: Even kids! Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Deacon Ron Myers of Sacred Heart Parish in West Des Moines. Deacon Myers and his wife, Tammy, are co-directors of the Diaconate Formation Program. We're talking to Deacon Ron about tomorrow's ordination of six new deacons to the Diocese of Des Moines and reflecting on his and Tammy's many years of serving as co-directors.
2: And and it has been a grand thing, and this is kind of the culmination in in many ways and uh, kind of a grand uh, celebration not only for those uh, deacon candidates to be ordained, uh, but uh, for you and, and uh, Tammy as well, and by the way, the, the Sacred Heart connection here between Liam and Deacon Ron, as to do. Deacon Ron, I'm not the first Johnson you really knew, right? You had better connections with my brother David along the way. <laughs> That's true. Our youngest daughter, he was
3: um, our youngest daughter's swim coach for quite a while. Yeah, you know,
2: and uh, successful. She, she actually she knew how to suffer. Right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, very fun in that way. So. Um, you know you're you're kind of to me a kind of saint Joseph figure in many ways, obviously lots of uh, you know construction projects you're kind of self employed in that regard, uh, but you bring with us this charism of uh, the deacons, those first seven men who are set aside for service and uh, uh, ministering to to those who are weak and vulnerable in the community. How did this whole thing get started how you know as you look at your long tenure of service what uh, what uh, opened your heart and mind to consider this calling? Actually, you, I would have to give Tammy credit because um, I had... And we so s- wanted her to be present. It just didn't work out today. Yes.
3: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because she is an early childhood educator and has responsibilities there. She could not just turn off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she apologizes. But uh, she prefers probably for me to be here than herself. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, but she sends her best. Uh th- Actually, like I get back to that, it was her. I I had probably been searching. I had been in, I say it's about every Protestant faith, searching for where I belonged. And she, we were co-workers, and at a buffet thing at work, she heard me say I was missing going to church, and she says, "Well, you can come with me," and. I don't know whether she thought I heard her or not, but I did, and so I went later and asked her if I could just. But uh, she could I go with her? And I, she says, "I says, where'd you go?" And she says, "Sacred Heart." I says, "That sounds like a Catholic church to me." And she says, "Yes." And I says, "Well, will they let me in?" <laughs> and I mean, I had, I had totally the wrong concept about Catholicism and the church and everything. And she took. So me. you were baptized already, or not? I was. Yes, I was baptized in a. Protestant church, okay, and uh, she took me, and we were sitting in the second seat, second pew, right up close to the Ambo, right beside the tabernacle area, (laughs) and there's a lot of funny stories there, but basically, I felt so at home. I didn't know why. I didn't—it's not like I heard a voice, but something inside of me was clicking and saying— this is where you belong, and so then I was set on a road to figure out what that was, and that ended up. Tammy ended up being my sponsor for RCIA, and Sister Maggie drugged me through. I'm um, kicking and screaming probably some parts of it because I know one of the hardest things for me was not being able to take communion at first and mm-hmm. understanding that. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I got through that. So you felt
2: welcome, but there was still a sense of being on the outs because you weren't receiving the Eucharist yet.
3: until I understood it Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. And yes. uh, So to answer that question short, Tammy is the one who was the catalyst to bring me to the right place. Wow. And then I heard a deacon speak one day. And I, I mean, I was involved in church and about everything you could be in, you know, all the boards and everything for the longest time for quite a few years. And then I heard a deacon speak and... I went home and I said, I think I'm interested in that. And Tammy said, well, if you're really interested and you feel called, then you need to pursue that and I'll support you. And next thing I knew, I was, we were in formation.
2: (laughs) Uh, Just not by happenstance, but she really was the the evangelist for you in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and yet kids were still at home and, and things, and this is like in the 1980s or when was this? Um.
3: It was, um, no, it was in the early 90s. Early 90s,
2: And, okay. yes,
3: we had two kids at home when we entered formation, but we had unbelievable support from Sacred Heart parishioners, especially ones who had kids about the same age as ours. For mm-hmm. the longest time, you know, for the first, like, three years or almost four years of formation, they thought it was a vacation every weekend when we were gone, because they'd go to somebody's house and play. <laughs> the last year, it started to wear a little thinner, and so,
2: you know, it was a little harder for them then. But they were getting older
3: then, mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. But,
2: so, you, you know, you, you saw this. Uh, what, what in particular attracted you, the diaconal ministry? I mean, uh, being on the altar. We know sometimes Pope Francis in recent years has been a little critical or cautioning. Uh, this danger of kind of being a a mini cleric, if that will, and kind of seeing the altar as the the be-all, end-all of what one is about and and doing that and, uh, you know, being uh, instead of being a custodian of service. But you have a servant's heart all along. You've always been about that. I
3: think probably initially it would have—honestly, it was probably the idea of being able to share a newfound faith— with everybody. Uh, and so I probably I I'm, admittedly, I'm sure I thought of it in terms of at the altar. Mm-hmm. But as you went through for, as I went through formation, it turned into, yes, that's a part of it. But the bigger part is being able to carry that, that feeling, uh, that newfound purpose for life and everything out to other people in terms of some kind of service and it sometimes it's no more than just a smile and other times it's hours or even weeks you might spend with somebody Mm -hmm. to uh to minister to them depending on what their needs are but that it ended up just being i in general a, a very high drive and capacity to to just be for other people and to meet their needs as best I could, Mm -hmm.
2: knowing knowing.
3: that it wasn't me, that Mm -hmm. I was driven by the God that I was believing in, Uh (laughs) in the Holy Spirit.
2: Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, whether you were part of the charismatic movement or not, but, you know, you say this feeling with this purpose, but the purpose has a a name, right? And it's the person of Jesus Christ that uh, is ultimately, you know, who you wanted to bring. And by then, your Eucharistic faith, you know, you were obviously in communion with him. Uh, Was ministry of the sick bringing the Eucharist part of uh, the earlier phases of ministry? Uh,
3: Yes, I did that, but not very much. It became uh, earlier on, it was more into um, a lot of marriage preparation. And these are kind of really opposite of. Things. hospice. I was in hospice for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, there and learned a lot about life that I didn't understand. Uh, family members but and friends from childhood that I actually got to be with through their, the hospice thing. Um, but I think that and, was and- really where I, that was really, well, the other thing is, is that which we I didn't really tell as as a I went through formation, but as soon as I was ordained,
2: which Bishop took place Sharon, in what year? What year was that?
3: Two thousand one. Okay, Bishop Sharon put the, uh, there were new norms out, and Bishop Sharon put through uh, put a committee together, and he asked me as one of the newly ordained deacons to serve on it, and we the committee wrote up the guidelines and the uh, what the requirements would be for the formation director. And I took it home and showed it to my wife, Tammy, and she says, well, this is you. And I said, I know, I'm kind of interested in this. <laughs> and so I went back to Bishop Chair, and I says, okay, I got a problem. I'm, I'm on this committee. I'm also interested in the position. He says, well, dismiss yourself from the committee and put in an application. And I don't know what the period of time was, but he asked if we would then direct the formation. So I really went from, Ordination to formation (laughs) and didn't really have much of a period of time where I was just a deacon at Sacred Heart. I was from the get go a deacon at Sacred Heart and director, co director with Tammy of the formation. Serving the diocesan church and not just the parish, yeah.
2: Which may not be the way we would ordinarily script these things, you know, that uh, someone would have that opportunity for experience. But hey, when the Lord calls and uh, Uh, both uh, Bishop Sharon and Tammy's discernment for you and with you in this way. And, uh, uh, you know, as uh, you went through formation, were there things that surprised you? Uh, And talk about the bond with your your brother deacons in in the process and the role of the wives in that, because I think this is a a key piece of this, right? That this can't be a, a solitary thing. It has, even if it's not uh, a joint vocation to diaconate per se. The vocation is of marriage for men who are married. One can be a single man and become a deacon, but but how does that play into uh, the dynamic? It, it it
3: is difficult at the beginning to to actually explain to someone a couple. We'll say because that way we can talk about wives' support to explain. How they're going to change through formation, we can use the words and we can give examples, but I don't think that anybody really uh, grasps what's going to happen to them through that formation process. It's you know it's like four and a half years, depending on where you want to start measuring the application process. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, we do try to emphasize the fact that. No matter how faithful they are and faith-filled they are, at the beginning, if their call and their discernment is genuine, they will change. That's all there is to it. They will change and in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And It's really kind of the,
2: putting out into the deep, isn't it? Right. I mean, you know, whatever yep. one's level of spirituality and, yep. and faith commitment.
3: Uh, yes. And the... For for the wives' portion of that, through experience, just knowing what happens and experiencing it ourselves, it's very, if the formation process is working, it's very difficult, we feel it's very difficult for the man to be able to, he's with his brothers through formation and he's having all these experiences. It's not the physical ones. It's the emotional ones and the faith filled ones. Those are very personal things. And that's very difficult to impart to another person who wasn't there and didn't hear them and doesn't, and is not part of that group that that group sensation that you also get. So, We've always been, and um, the bishops, uh, Bishop Sharon, Bishop Pates, and yourself have always been supportive of wives going through formation, thank goodness, and we Mm -hmm. believe that they should because we want them to—marriage is one of our sacraments, and it's one of the uh, most sacred of those, and we want—we don't want anything in formation— to um, hinder that or diminish it in any way. So we want them to move as poss- much as possible along in formation. It doesn't mean they're going to form in the same way. Mm-hmm. It just means that they're going to move along the same uh, growth in faith path path or journey at the same, and understand that, well, why, it's a, they have a better understanding of why each one of them individually are changing, but also why they're changing as a couple, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We find that couples feel like they grow stronger, their bond is Mm -hmm. different and stronger, because they're spending a lot of time together, a lot of couple time together, even though they're in a classroom, whatever, there's a Mm -hmm. travel to conception, Mm -hmm. there's uh, studying things at night, uh, liturgy of the hours together, Mm -hmm. praying together, and that kind of thing, so... Mm-hmm. it's a it's a major joint effort if they are a couple when they enter into yeah formation
2: and you know it's the same spirit but it has different effects in how it's realized through the, both of you, both of you and uh you know you think about going off as a you know a spouse to a christian experience weekend or a profound retreat there's no way you can capture that coming back and and express that you know but the lived uh, accompaniment i do think that you know for those who might be listening and might be entertaining this you know we're going to continue to strongly encourage and certainly in the first couple of years of formation uh, by that point we hope it catches fire that uh, whether, you know, the academic piece figures as prominently, but that they'll continue to walk together on that path, uh, even though recognizing there might be circumstances where it's just either not possible or preferable for for the wife to, to do so. But, uh, um You've accompanied these men. We're we're quickly coming up on a break here. Tomorrow, uh, you'll be beaming, I'm sure, as uh, these six uh, men present themselves before the altar at St. Ambrose Cathedral at 11 a.m. It is open to the public for those who would like to join us, although I can imagine with families and And the deacon community uh, being present there, uh, the seats might be at a premium at a certain point. But uh, we're going to look forward to hearing a little bit about that and just other further reflections that you have as you uh, now are willing to kind of step away.
1: We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network.
2: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes Scotty McCreary with special guest Ali Colleen give myself five Sunday July 24th at the Iowa Event Center ballroom I'm in and tickets and information available at celebratecountry.org World's Sponsored by Ball Team.
1: Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We're back with Deacon Ron Myers to talk about tomorrow's diaconate ordination.
2: So uh, it's going to be, as I said before, a grand day, cathedral, 11 a.m., uh, the six men who've been in preparation, Dan Dombrowski from St. Francis in West Des Moines and his wife, Yvette, who will be uh, there. will mention the spouses' names, Dan Maxey from St. Mary of Nazareth, uh, his wife, Kelly, Steve McGee, St. Joseph, Des Moines, his wife, Vivian, Eric Pugh of St. Joseph Winterset, his spouse, uh, Monica. And Oren Strucker also of St. Francis, and his uh, wife Marilyn, and Steve Tatz of the Basilica of St. John and his wife Lisa. So these men who uh, have been, like you say, for over four and a half years, uh, discerning, preparing, uh, uh, academic formation, thanks to the, the monks and their faculty at uh, Conception Abbey. Uh, but also a lot of pastoral and spiritual formation, There's these icons of which kind of uh, cultivating their, their their ministerial gifts and their ability to reflect on what they're about. Uh, and then you have a role tomorrow, Deacon Ron. I mean, you're the one who's going to vouch for them tomorrow to yours truly. That's correct. Yeah, so, you know, when I asked, do you judge them to be worthy? what what is it about these men that you've seen and you've walked with uh, several cohorts in your 21 years as co-director with Tammy uh and uh, just maybe any thoughts or feelings that you have as you kind of uh, see this as your 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 final group that you've helped to give birth to
3: yeah these this is an interesting group for one is they have they have bonded as a group just unbelievably almost from the beginning and they are they keep track of each other and support each other and i, I guess i wanted to one thing is this sounds funny but they're just normal people i mean they're (laughs) they're married they're retired they're actively working some own their own businesses but they're just some guy like you would meet in the grocery store or on the street they're they're not uh, they're not senators they're not you know high profile people they're just people that really want to and and as Cardinal Timothy
2: Dolan says talking about the seminarians for priesthood, normal. We're just looking for normal. Normal right. is good. Exactly. Know? Who would you want them to be in your family's parish? You know? Right.
3: And these guys actually these couples are so faith filled and ready to serve. The things that they've been doing, you mentioned Icon, they have an Icon of Christ uh requirement from the time they start their last three their last three years. They've been in the prison ministry. And that's not
2: painting an icon or writing an icon, right? That's no, no, a, no, that's no. A, that's, <laughs>
3: that's just our name for this ministry. They have to come up with a ministry. Uh-huh. And it, they've been in the prisons. They've been feeding the homeless. They have pro-life ministry, hospice, spiritual wellness, hospital ministry, until it kind of got that one kind of got shot or shut down when COVID came. Mm-hmm. It's now starting to open up a little mm-hmm. bit. But they have been involved in a myriad of things. Some are new and some are rejuvenated ministries, Mm -hmm. and then some are ones that are just ongoing that needed more support, and they just dove in there and there. They are serving now. Uh, One of the things that you do look for... Is, and we've said this we've said this before during the application process. We're looking for somebody who already is doing diaconia. We're just going to ordain them, <laughs> but they still need to move through the formation process in order to understand Absolutely. their gifts.
2: That's the discernment, the affirmation by the church of one who already has this disposition, right. has a deacon's heart, if you will. And uh, you know, as in, I think about going to, around to different parishes. I certainly see men who are Hispanic who are ready and prime. Yeah. We need, you know, to, to serve our communities and men who I think we can call forth, whether they've done the Hispanic leadership institute or not so that's going to be a prime focus going forward because i think that's going to be a very natural charism that can build up our our diocese you know in that way right mm-hmm. i agree mm-hmm. now as we have a few seconds left any thoughts as you kind of have to you know hand over the the, the reins and, <laughs> and this and obviously you know, your your family's gonna be appreciative to have you more present but uh, is it a little bittersweet for you It is. And people have
3: been asking me if I'm counting the days, and I'm not really counting the days. It's more like I'm counting, okay, I don't have to do that again. That's my last time to do that function. But I don't think actually retiring is going to hit me until it happens. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have to decide how I'm going to continue to live my faith. Well, in a different way.
2: I, I'm sure the Holy Spirit will counsel you well in that regard. <laughs> Deacon Ron Myers and Tammy, give our love to her and look forward to being with you and uh, continuing this way in a different uh, path as you continue to offer your wisdom to the diocese.
1: This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, or wherever you may be listening, to Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network.
0: You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week
2: on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at join serra.org.